This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. It's on? It's on? Okay, where's the clipper? Oh, no clipper? No clipper. We're going to start, it's on? Yeah. We're going to start Pashas Chayi with a Zoyar that I wear at Moti Shabbat, Moti Shabbos. For the Syrian and Sephardic community that's listening to me. Um, very eye-opener, eye-opener. Then we'll go to the Fida. Okay, this is what this Irish says. It's very um, scary. But it's uh, something that we learned, I learned last week. If you want to look it up, it's in the Zayar Vayera Daf Tzadik Tes Amadez. It says the following. Okay, he says the following. So anyway, this week's parsha is Chayisara. Chayisara, sorry, man who passed away. It's a little hard to understand the mafarshim why she passed away. Um, why she passed away. So it says that um, that she saw that Kedas Yitzchak. Um, we're going to learn a little a little bit uh, of Chaim Vital on this. But it doesn't make sense. She's a very big tzaddikista. So if so if, if she saw Rama Vina Shechli, her son, she knew who her husband was. He wasn't some guy that's doing Abu Yizara Shechli, her son. Why was Pachin Hashemasa? From what the Chidah says that Yitzchak's neshama and her neshama were one. So it's very interesting. We're going to go there after this, but we're going to talk about that Yitzhak's neshama was a neshama. The nook for Yitzhak's neshama was a female neshama, and he had to go to Gan Eden, and Sarah wanted to be with him. So when she saw that Rama Vino actually, according to Rechaim Vitali, actually shechted one of the simon of Yitzhak, and Yitzhak Pach and so when Yitzhak saw the knife coming down, his neshama left him. So her neshama had to leave to be with him because he wasn't in this world anymore. He wasn't was in Adam Hava. So it wasn't that. She was scared that her son was brought up as a carbon. She was just as great. We'll see soon. Her name had Hashem's name in it. We'll see the chidah on that. So she wasn't scared. But Pach and Shmasa, her neshama left her. It, it parfum. It's a different version of this. And, and it went up to Shemayim because she wanted to be with her son. Because he and her were one, which we'll, we'll, we'll learn in the Chidah. But before we get to that, I would like to learn with you a very scary Zayar. And the Zayar says the following last week's Fasha. Kikashan Shama Yaitish Mino Eilam. When a person's soul leaves this world, tonight we're learning Lili Nishmas, my grandmother's yard site, Hinda Bas Rebzacharya. 
Chaya, my name is Chaya. After my grandmother's father, that was his name, Zachariah. And tonight is her yard site. We'll talk about her in a moment. Um, what happened with her in the Philippines? Okay, so he says the following: When the neshama leaves this world, the soul doesn't know where it's going. It leaves this world, doesn't know which way it's going to go. Because the way, the derech, the way to go to Gan Eden, the Bhagavad Gita shows us where the Nishamas are, are the good Nishamas are there, right? It's not given the knowledge, it's not given to all the Nishamas. The way you live your life in this world, that's the way you're gonna live your life in the next world. A person lives in this world with God, with the Shekhinah, and his chuka, he's always, he always wants to be with Hashem. Right? So therefore, when a person dies, when his Neshama leaves, whatever you were in this world, you are in the next world. So if in this world, your whole life was trying to be close to Hashem, so when a person dies, the neshama goes to be close to Hashem. He follows the way that his neshama was pulled when he was living in this world. He says, I want to tell you a story. There's a story about Rav Abba in this story. So he came to a town, there were Jews. And they, this town was called Kedem. And they, they were from a very old town. And they had a book that was given to them from the Sata. A magic book. They knew all the Chachmas of the original days. These were knowledge and names of Malachim that are Tomei. Ashamos Avram of Nehapalakshim that Avram Avinu gave to his Palakshim, right? Vaishalchim when he sent them Eretz Kedem to the east, the, the Far East, the Chinese, all that stuff that they know. And he found, he found when he was in this town, Rav he found the book. They brought him one of the books. In that book of Avodah Zarah it says that whatever you think of in this world, that's what you're going to think of in the next world. So he told them, stay away from that book. told him to stay away from that book he found in the book um, horoscope he found the way it was written in that book how to keep shadim and mazikim how to give them strength he says the person who wants to be connected to the Ruach HaKodesh to the Holy Ruach the Holy Spirit, 
according to your Okay, that's not the part that I want to tell you. So he repeats himself, he says, after a person dies, they pull him to the side that he was like in this world. Whatever you did in this world, you continue doing there. Okay, now he's done with Dusha. If in this world he was misdoubted with Dusha, then in that world he is. Person who in this world is busy with movies and all the dreck, all the, all the filth, all the dirt in this world. You think you can get away from it in the next world? No. In the next world you're going to be connected to that Tumor. Now, this is what he says. This is the point that I never heard before that I wanted to tell you. He says the following. This Abed a person who in this world does the right thing, right, and he's close to Hashem in this world, and he does the mitzvah, Torah mitzvah. What happens to him to the next world? They take his soul and they put it between the malachim, the angels. And they take him. And he serves Hashem with, with the angels. Because in this world he was holy, so in that world. When he comes to the next world, he's able to stand amongst the angels, the holy angels, he can stand there. Okay, the Ramak brings it down. Now, this is the scary one. Just like if you're holy, you can be part of the Malachim. Just the opposite. A person is Tomei, unclean in this world. In this world he was busy, connected to things that are, that are unholy. After you die, they take you to that side. Here's the point that scared me very much. You become one of them. In the next world, you become one of them. In the stopping for him, and you're connected to them. These are the angels that are called the the damaging angels. Therefore, when a person dies, he's he's busy with women and and, and porn and and filth and all these things, right? So now he dies. What happens to him? What happens to him? But it's a shark when he leaves this world. They take him. Where in Gehenna do they put him? In the place they judge him, in the place where the people are tame. Because they were telling in this world. Ready? After he's judged, who mistabek for him, he becomes one of them. And that person becomes, his soul becomes a, a devil, a bad angel. 
like all the other mazike of the world. Wow. That I never heard. I never heard. But the person himself, the person himself becomes a mazik. Becomes a, 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 one of those mazikim, one of those bad angels. His soul becomes a bad angel. And the person does the right thing, and he's a tzaddik, so he, he walks amongst the angels. He could dive and he could be right in front of our family, just like all the other angels. And we know that he also becomes an angel. It brings down, there are two, there are two Ganadins. There's Ganadin Lamata, Ganadin Lamala. There's a Ganadin down here, and there's a Ganadin up there. So when a person first comes, if he's good, he ends up always in the Ganadin down here. Because the Ganadin up there is even a much higher place. How do you get to the Ganadin up there? So it says, and the person's in the Ganadin down here for a while, and he reaches a very high level, they take him and they put him on a Mizbeach, and they take him on a Mizbeach. Give me a sitter, I'll show you what it says. Put him on a Mizbeach, and he becomes, that the human being's soul becomes an angel. So angels come from us, and devils come from us. You don't remain just a soul. You don't remain just a soul. It's a serious business, man. Serious business. We say it, we say it. Where do we say it? Okay, where do we say it? I say it every morning. You hear, boys? You're either going to be an angel or a devil. Can you imagine that you become the mandate itself? Terrible. I have to see tomorrow when I I know I say it every day when I say my Tehillim at least I'm a lot of ruchas no a lot of become spirits here we make we become angels if we do the right thing they put you on him as Bayak, says they put you on him as Bayak in this world, in, in the, in the Ghanaian down here, and then the, the soul gets, goes to Hashem to the Ghanaian Lamala through that Mizbeach, whatever that means. I think the Malach Michal puts you on the Mizbeach. I'll find it tomorrow. Huh? Through the Mizbeach. On the, on the Ghanaian, on the modern Ghanaian. Through the Mizbeach, and then the soul goes up to Hashem. Goes up to the, up to the next level. That's the higher level. Alright, we'll see if tomorrow. I don't, want, I don't waste your time over here. So the Zaya says you can become a devil. If you, if you're busy with all this crust of garbage over here, the person always thinks, ah, I'll watch this, I'll watch that, I'll be busy with girls, all this filth, and I'll do chuva later on, but sometimes you drop dead, you don't have time to do chuva. And they take that soul and you become you become an angel you become a bad angel you become one of them what's bigger what what worse what could be worse than that it can't be anything worse than that what do you do what do you do as a, as a bad angel you go do other they get other people to do others what he said you become a, a mashare 
you can become one of the malachim that serves Hashem. You, that's where your neshama can become. Or chas v'shalom and nazim mazik. Become a mazik. You are in the next world. You are here. I told you the story many times about that guy who stole, and his father told him where the guy's stuff was, and he there was a, a big tzaddik, and he came to an inn for Shabbos, and he had a lot of jewelry. And he didn't want the guy to steal it from him, so he hid it. And then after Shabbos, he came to get it Sunday morning. It wasn't there anymore. So he knew that the, the, he knew that the, the guy stole it. He said to the guy, "How did you know? How did you know that that I had stuff? How did you know where I hid it?" Because he hid it, but he the guy in the back in those days he used to bury the people in the backyard. So the, the tzaddik buried it next to the father, the, the, the guy's father's grave. He said, this is what the guy said, if my father came to me in a dream and he told me that you had diamonds and you buried them here. So the tzaddik said, I understand, he's in the next world, he knows what Geneva is. How could your father who's in the next world come and tell you to steal from me? And the answer was that he said, my father was a list, he was a, he was a goddess in this world. When he came to Shemite, even though he saw Hashem, he saw Gehenna, he saw everything, he couldn't control himself. You lose your choice. Aganis blight Aganis. A person who's a Ganis ends up being a Ganis. A person who's a low life in the next world, he's a low life. He sees, he sees the right, he sees the truth. But it becomes part of him, he can't help it. He sees the truth, he can't help it. Like a drug addict. Drug addict knows the truth, but he's addicted. If he's addicted, he can't help it. He can't change it. That's the desire I said. I never saw that. Before. I was learning about the shelves. I'm like, whoa, that's scary. We don't want to be a mazik. We want to be a a malach that serves Hashem. All right. So anyway, so it's my grand my grandmother's yard. So I want to tell you a story about my grandmother. Here's the bas Sakharia. My grandmother was just tall. She's a little late, little lady. And my mother and my my family, my mother's family, when they left Germany to to run away from the Nazis, so the Americans didn't let them in. But the Americans had a colony in the Philippines, so they sent the boat to the Philippines. Now, the Philippines is very very poor people, and they had monsoons and they didn't have electricity and very backwards in the 1940s, very backwards country. And um, they get there, my, my grandmother was religious, my, 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 mother's, my mother's side. And there was another family, Hershout, Dr. famous Dr. Hershout, big breast cancer research doctor, everyone knows him. So the Hershouts and the Holzers, my, my mother, the name was Holzer. So when they got there, the Americans were there. But during the war, during Pearl Harbor, so the Japanese took over that whole part of the world, the whole Pacific. So they came and they knocked the Americans out, right? They killed a lot of them. And they knocked the Americans out. And MacArthur was one of the big uh, generals. Famous said, I'll be back. And they, so my mother was there. When the Americans were there, but then the Americans got wiped out and the Japs were there. The Japanese were there. Now, the Japanese didn't hate Jews. They didn't know what a Jew was. But they hated whites. My mother was a German. My, my, my grandmother was a German, they were white. So they didn't have, they didn't have any love for them. Um, and they used to kill, my mother said, like, they used to, they had no, they have no feelings for life. They used to kill each other. 
They used to kill, they used to kill themselves, the harikari. They take a sword, they kill themselves. So they didn't have a very big reference for life. So they, they would massacre Filipinos, they, they, they would massacre each other, whatever. She saw a lot of death. Anyway, the most famous story is my grandmother, when she was on the she was on the Washington Heights Chavar Kadisha until she was 90 and she died when she was about 94 they threw her they didn't throw they asked her to leave when she was 90 she was very insulted she was too older to, so which was a very big thing so anyway so the story goes that her she had to go to the mikvah they have a mikvah in, in, in the Philippines in Manila Manila is the is the capital they live in Manila they don't have a, they don't have a mikvah so where do you go to make in the ocean? But a woman, when she goes to the mikvah, she has to have another woman watch her that her head goes under the water. So she went with Mrs. Hershaw, the two of them, two, the two religious Jews, and they went to the mikvah. We have to go to the mikvah when it's dark. Their mazel, a Japanese sentry, saw them coming out of the water, or whatever they saw, or saw them walking, in, and it was the middle of the night. Why would two women, white women, be out there? So right away, they're spies. And they're, 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 they're doing the most code flashing to the American boats offshore. Finished, they're done. Have a good day. So they took her. Now that you have to remember, my mother speaks German, and my, I mean, my grandmother spoke German, and the Japanese guy spoke Japanese. So he's screaming at them in Japanese, and they're, they're talking back in German. Anyway, he takes him to the captain. His captain put two spies. The captain spoke Japanese, and they're answering. So finally, the, the captain takes out, these are these like sticks, the Japs, and he starts to beat my grandmother. Beating her. Mama's like beating her. Um, thinking that she was a spy, whatever it is. And every time he would hit her, Mrs. Hershaw, the one that was with her, would try to tell him she didn't do anything, whatever it is. Every time she said that, she hit her again. Anyway, my little story so she really beat, her, beat up my grandmother very badly. But she didn't kill her. She was a miracle. They were responsible for them. Now, even though they thought they were spies, they, they, didn't, they, they were screaming in German, he was screaming in Japanese, and, and they didn't kill him. They let him go, they said, go home. Beat him up really bad. So my grandmother, I think she died, she was 94. So I remember her, she told me, she was sick. She said, oh, yeah, I should have let him hit, him, hit me more. I said, I said, you should have let him hit him more. You were wasting up, you should have the mikvah. So she said, no, every time he hit me, I got another year of life. <laughs> So if it would hit me more, I would lose one. I would lose one. That's what they thought in those days. That's what they thought in those days. Today, what would we think? Uh, I, I go and I do this mitzvah, and look at Hashem gives me for it. I'm off to Derek. Have a good day. I go to the big boy, I get beat up. Must be uh, the whole religion. The whole religion is not real. She was just the opposite. Now, why did why did they let her live? Interesting, because she. The only thing that she took out of Germany was a sewing machine. An old sewing machine. She was very good. She used to sew my clothing also. She was a very good sewer. And the Japanese had these um, kamikaze pilots that would fly right into the boats and explode. And they wore the, they wore the rising sun, that, that whole symbol. So she used to sew their bandanas. So as long as she sewed their bandanas, they let them live. That's how she got through the war. Just thinking that you know, Hashem sends you the foot to take the uh, to take the sewing machine. So that was my grandmother, Hinda Vasachaya.
the people from a different day, and she, would, she didn't come from such a serious Kehillah either. She was, they lived in a little teeny town, Dinkelspiel or something, or whatever. But their, their Yiddishkeit was with them, who they were. So uh, instead of complaining to Hashem, she said, Ugh, I wish you would have hit me more. I don't know what you told me that. Ugh, you would have hit me more. Another 20 shots, I would have made it to like 110. That's how they, that's, anyway, so tonight's her, tonight is her yard site. As outside of that, she was amazing, just an amazing woman. But you know, she was a Yekka, she was German. So the living room, Hanukkah, the first night of Hanukkah, I went into the living room. She said, no, you can't go into the living room, it's Pesach day. She really started cleaning, she really started cleaning. Uh, it was very clean, but Hanukkah, yes. They were very from, but you know, in a different way. Very big connection to Hashem. Okay. Anyway, so it's, it's her, it's her yard site. So, um, so that's a very scary zayar. I can't even imagine a person becoming a, 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 a mazik, or a malach, one of those damaging malachas. That's what he says. You become in the next world which you are in this world, my friends. Yes, yes, you can't get away with it. Whatever you become, it's who you are. Maybe that's the whole reason of being in this world. That you develop who you're going to be for the, we think, so you're going to develop who you're going to be in the next world. If you behave yourself in this world, you're about to doctor, then in the next world, that's who you are. I saw, I saw in a safer, I was in a safer Kabbalah, that there are people that manage to come back to this world. People come back to this world. Sometimes to help other Jews. He brought down, I remember when I saw it, he brought down, I, I don't have the book anymore, he brought down many different stories of people that came back from the other world to do chesed in this world, to come back here to help somebody for a moment and then go and goodbye. Abraham Levino, I told you the story with that lady in the mikvah, with Abraham Levino and Sarah, but that's the crime, because if you're a Baal chesed, you come to the next world, you're shtik chesed, you're a piece of chesed. So if they need some chesed, they send you on a mission to come back here. Not to tell you another people come back. All right. Uh, so I got to tell you something very beautiful. So I was in Florida, and I was giving a share about chesed. <laughs> Hashem runs the world. And I came across this book. I came across a fantastic story. You never heard the story, because I never said it here. I want to read you an amazing story of chesed. Not Jewish, but absolutely amazing. It's the first time. I'm ever reading the story. It's in a book called The Real Florida Jewish Directory. That's right, sir. That's right, sir. Listen to this story, the most beautiful story. One day a man saw an old lady stranded on the side of the road. But even in the dim light of day, he could see she needed help. So he pulled up in front of her Mercedes and got out. His Pontiac was still sputtering when he approached her. Even with the smile on his face, she was worried. So this old lady, some guy just stopped to help her. No one had stopped to help her for the last hour. Was he going to hurt her? He didn't look safe. He looked very poor and hungry. So sometimes the guy who gets out to, sit there to, to help you is a little scary. He could see that she was frightened standing out there in the cold. He knew how she felt. It was the chill which only fear could put into you. He said, I'm here to help you, ma'am. Why don't you wait in the car where it's warm? By the way, my name is Eric Smith. Okay, remember that name. My name is Eric Smith. Well, all she had was a flat tire, 
But for an old lady, that was bad enough. Eric crawled under the car looking for a place to put the jack, skidding his knuckles a time or two. Soon he was able to change the tire, but he had gotten very dirty and his hands hurt him very much. As he was tightening up the love nuts, she rolled down the window and began to talk to him. She told him that she was from St. Louis and was only just passing through. She couldn't thank him enough for coming to her aid. Eric just smiled as he closed the truck. The lady asked, how much do I owe you? Because he changed the tire. Any amount, she was driving a Mercedes, so she wasn't poor. Any amount would have been all right with her. She already imagined all the awful things that could have happened had he not stopped. Eric never thought twice about being paid. This was not a job to him. This was helping someone in need. And God knows there was plenty who had given him a hand in the past. He had lived his whole life that way, and it never occurred to him to act any other way. He told her that if she really wanted to pay him back, the next time she saw someone who needed help, she should give that person the assistance they need. And Eric added, and when you do that, think of me. He waited until she started her car and drove off. It had been a cold and depressing day, but he felt good. He had done a good deed as he headed for home, disappearing into the twilight. A few miles down the road, the lady saw a small cafe. She went in to grab a bite to eat and take the chill off before she made the last leg of her trip home. It was an old, dingy-looking restaurant. Outside, there were two old gas pumps. The whole scene was unfamiliar to her. The waitress came over and brought a clean towel to wipe her wet hair. She had a sweet smile, one that, was even be- one that even being on her feet for the whole day couldn't erase. The lady noticed that the, wait- that the waitress was nearly eight months pregnant. But she never let the strain and aches change her attitude. The old lady wondered how someone who had so little could be giving so much to a stranger. Then she remembered Eric Smith. After the lady finished her meal, she paid with a $100 bill. The waitress quickly went to, change, went to get the change for a $100 bill, but the old lady had slipped right out the door. She was gone by the time the waitress came back. The waitress wondered where the lady could be. Then she noticed something written on the napkin. There were tears in her eyes when she read what the lady wrote. You don't owe me anything. I have been there too. Somebody once helped me out the way I'm helping you. If you really want to pay me back, here is what you do. Do not let this chain of love end with you. Under the napkin were four $100 bills. That's a big tip. Well, there were tables to clear, sugar bowls to fill, and people to serve. But the waitress made it through another day. That night, when she got home from work and climbed into bed, she was thinking about the money and what the lady had written. How could the lady have known how much she and her husband needed it? With the baby due next month, it was going to be very hard. She knew how worried her husband was as he lay sleeping next to her. She gave him a hug and whispered soft and low, Everything is going to be all right. Don't worry. I love you, Eric Smith. There's an old saying, what goes around comes around. Let this light shine. Hashem works in mysterious ways and sometimes puts people in our lives for a reason. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I read this article. I did not see that coming. So, yeah. You do chesed, it comes around. So, I thought that was a very cool story. Anyway, I never read it before, and it is a very cool story. You don't always get to see it in life. Sometimes it ends up skipping a generation, and the person you help ends up his children helping your children. But I told you, who blighten your children is a Yiddish thing. God never ends up owing you anything. He makes sure that um, that everything gets uh, that everything gets paid. So I was in Costa Rica, which is Central America, 
two Shabbat songs on that this past Shabbos for the um, Shabbos project. So in Costa Rica, there are 2,000 Jews, total, 2,000 Jews. There are 2,000 Jews on my block in Brooklyn. Okay? In the whole Costa Rica, there are 2,000 Jews. Of the 2,000 Jews, there are 20, not 20 families, there are 20 Shomer Shabbos Jews. Okay? So just get an idea of what Costa Rica is like. For the Shabbos project, there were 550 people came for Shabbos. So a quarter of the Jews in Costa Rica were there for Shabbos. Okay? So I was the scholar in residence. I spoke a few times. I came up to Shabbos. And we did a thing in someone's house. And this guy walks up to me and says, Rabbi, not religious, at all, zero. Rabbi, I have a story for you. You gotta sit down and listen to my story. I'm like, for sure. He goes, I know, I don't know if you tell stories, if you ever repeat stories. I'm like, nah. <laughs> You'll never hear this story, but, um, once in a while I get around to telling a story. Let me hear what you have to say. He was all excited. He sits down with his wife, not religious, zero religion. I don't know if he knows how to read Hebrew. Okay? He sits down and says, I have to tell you a story. Okay. He says, you know, I travel a lot for business. I'm like, okay. He says, Maybe you could give me some Kabbalistic insight into what happened. Okay, everybody, you're not Trevor Shabbat, but Kabbalah, everybody wants Kabbalah. He says, okay, let me, hear, let me hear your story. He says the following. He says, he says, I travel a lot on business. I'm hardly home. Mainly South America, because it's Costa Rica, it's like in the middle. He goes to Chile a lot. Chile, if you're in Paraguay, wherever. So he said, my wife so then she tried and she said okay let me tell you the beginning of the story she says we're not religious we don't keep anything but all my life there was something that I wanted and that was a sukkah she had this in her head she liked she wants to a religious person sukkah and it was a little decorated she wants a sukkah she said so sukkah this year was Sunday night okay she said, Friday morning she wakes up and she says, I want a sukkah. So she goes to the one of the 20 people in Costa Rica who has a sukkah. And she says to her, I want to have a sukkah like you for, for sukkahs. Do you think I could get could I, I could get one? It's very late. It's Friday. Sukkahs is Sunday night. So she said, I don't know. I'll try to help you. And to make a long story short, she doesn't tell her husband. She buys all the pieces, whatever she needs, whatever it is. And she puts together a sukkah Sunday, Erev Yantan, right? But, but they don't, she got no people to help. They have people that are very cheap over there. They, they pay $100 a week. That's, that's, they make a thousand, they make a, the average, the average Costa Rican makes, good, 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 good job, $1,000 a month. $12,000 a year. That's like, whoa. Okay, it's a very, it's a poor country. Anyway, it's a surprise. Okay? So he, he doesn't keep circus or anything. He's not working. He's working something, whatever. So she sends him Sunday after the circus is built. I love you. Look what I did. And there's a picture of a sukkah. And he says, that's our sukkah? And she says, yes. So even though they don't keep anything, that was sukkah. Kosher sukkah. So he tells her, I'm coming home Thursday. That was Sunday. I'm coming home Thursday. He's, he's, he's working. I can't wait to be in our sukkah and to make a blessing in our sukkah. He was very excited. 
He never had a sukkah. They married 20 years. They never had a sukkah as kids. And they never had a sukkah married. It was the first sukkah they ever had. Okay, I'm listening to the story. I'm like, okay. He says, now let me tell you what happened. He says, I get on a plane. Um, on my, I get on a plane on Wednesday. Um, Wednesday night. Because I want to be back for Thursday. Because I want to eat in the bigger blessing in the sukkah. So he says... You know, the guardian angels are always with me my whole life. He says, but I couldn't understand. I come to the plane. It's an hour and a half to take off, right? And they tell me the plane's closed. You're too late. It's too late. Because Argentina to Costa Rica is international. Not the same country. And internationally, you have to be there two hours. You're too late. He says, Rabbi, I travel all the time. I'm never there before an hour. They never did this to me before. He says, I want to be home. I got to get home. I want to be in that circle. I want to be home. So he says, I didn't understand. So I started fighting with them. And I'm fighting with them and I'm fighting with them. Finally, the lady says, listen, if you don't have any luggage, we'll let you on the plane. So he says, I have three pieces of luggage. Anyway, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The last minute he goes to the top because he travels a lot with this airline, Copa. And um, they finally let him on the plane, right? He gets on the plane. He goes, "What? Am I? You know, my, where were my guardian angels? You know, that I have to go through all this, whatever it is." He gets on the plane. They're flying Wednesday. Now they, they're flying from Argentina. There's a stop, and then they switch planes and they fly to Costa Rica. So he says, on the leg between Argentina, I guess, or Chile, wherever he went, Chile, from Chile to wherever he was going. They're flying and they get hit by lightning. He says, "Not only do we get hit by lightning, get hit by lightning in the engine because planes have like a lightning rod on them. That's where it usually gets hit, but they get hit in the engine." He says, "And all of a sudden, the plane gets rocked and it's like orange glow and the engine's on fire or whatever." Um, he says, "And the plane dropped like ten thousand feet." He says, "And everyone's crossing themselves and praying to their God and and they're going down and the pilot regains." You know, the plane started going back up. So the pilot never said a word. Students never said, nobody said anything. It was quiet. You know, nobody explained what happened. He said, we saw, we saw it. We got hit by lightning. Okay. He lands. And uh, he, he lands in, in, in that stop. And now he gets onto the next plane. Everyone's shaking. Everyone, you can imagine, everyone's shaking up, throwing up. Thing dropped like 10,000 feet in a second. So, so he gets onto the next plane and he's talking to the pilot. Before they take off, and he tells them, you know, we got hit. The last plane I was on, we got hit in the engine. The guy says, you're very lucky because it's many times when you get hit in the engine, the engine explodes and you go down. The plane's not supposed to get hit in the engine. It gets hit usually on the head, then it goes into the batteries. But here, it gets hit in the engine. So it gets hit in the engine, doesn't go into the batteries, it goes to the engine. He says, guy, you, you had a miracle. He tells, he tells this guy, you had a miracle. This guy's name is Avram. You don't want me to tell you his last name, whatever. His name is Avram. Anyway, so he said, miracle, an absolute miracle. He says, but you got to eat. I said, okay, it's a good story. He says, no, you don't understand. So I get home. And my wife says, how are you doing? How was your flight? He goes, I'm lucky to be alive. She, and she says to me, he never talks like that. It's always okay. Yeah, I slept, you know. But she asked him, what happened? So he said, you got hit by lightning. She said, what time was it that you got hit by lightning? He tells her the time. She says, you're not going to believe it. Today in Costa Rica, somebody died. 
and we went through the grave. We went to the to the um, graveyard, and the men, I guess, whatever the, the men took the body to the grave, and the women stayed behind. And there was a tehillim. There was a tehillim, and I was standing there anyway, and I wasn't doing anything. I said, "Let me say some tehillim." So I was reading the tehillim. Exactly the time that the plane got hit. He turns to me and says, You see how powerful Tehillim is? That my wife, you see what God did, that she was saying Tehillim when the plane got hit, it saved my life. He says, Isn't that amazing? Tehillim is so powerful. I look at him and I'm like, I don't want to bust your bubble. <laughs> but that's not, what's, that's not what saved you. Your wife to heal him is very important, but that's not what saved you. So they're looking at me like, oh my God, you know, he was working this up to show how his wife's to heal him could save, right? I said, it's not what, I can't, I can't say that's what saved you. So a lot of people say to heal him, you know, people die. I said, but I do know what saved you. So he said, Rabbi, what saved me? I said, there's something in, in Judaism called Shliach Mitzvah Einon Nesakim. When you're on the way to do a mitzvah, you can't be damned, you can't be hurt. They said, your wife building the sukkah saved your life. You, when you left where you were, were coming home in order to make a bracha in a sukkah, on sukkahs. So you are a shliach mitzvah. You are on your way to do a mitzvah. That's why we give a dollar for shliach mitzvah out. Because you're flying, you're, when you get to the other place, you're going to give the tzedakah, right? They said, you are a shliach mitzvah. So it's, I don't know what her Tehillim did or didn't do, right? But because you were on a plane going specifically to do the mitzvah of eating in a sukkah on Thursday, nothing could happen to you. I said, that's what saved your life. So she saved your life, not by saying Tehillim, she saved your life by building a sukkah. And Hashem, for whatever reason, put into her head after 20 years, that this year, we're going to build a sukkah. I said, but I'm going to add to that. I said, those were not your angels that were putting up the fight to keep me from getting on that plane. That was the Mahom of us. You see, if you weren't on that plane, that whole plane goes down. So he had all these souls that he was going to collect, 200 people on a plane or more, and, and this Jewish guy who's going to do a mitzvah is going to save the whole plane. So he kept putting in the other, you're too late, you have too much luggage, you're overweight. I said, that's who would stop you from getting on the plane. Because that plane could not crash with you on the plane. You were going to sit in a sukkah and make a bracha. I said, if Hashem goes through all these different little details to save a Jew who doesn't keep Shabbos, who doesn't keep Torah Mitzvahs, who doesn't eat kosher, but because his wife built a sukkah and he's on his way home to eat a sukkah, Hashem saved his life and the whole life of a whole airplane. Imagine a person who does keep Shabbos and does eat kosher and does mitzvot. Al-Akhaz Kama V'Kama. I told him he has to start keeping turning mitzvot. We'll see what happens anyway, but it's amazing. Had she not built that sukkah, he was dead man. Not nothing to talk about. I felt bad I took away the Tehillim thing. He was so excited about her Tehillim, but okay. That's a fact. 
what the Tehillim did or didn't do, I, I couldn't tell that that was a fact. But that's a, that's a fact. Okay. One other thing I want to talk about, and then we'll, um, we'll take a look at the Shidah. I said the Shidah, I think, last year, two years ago. The most emails I ever got in my life from a share was from the Shidah about Moshe Rabbeinu being, being buried in the Mars Machbelo. I never in my life got that many emails from, from big people who heard it, who heard it, who Samidim heard it and said, this can't be. The Ray Walton, you made it up because it says no one knows when Moshe Rabbeinu is buried. How, to, how could the Chidot say that he's the fifth in the Mars Machbelo? It says Kiyos Arba. There's only four. I read it from inside. I never got so many emails from big people. And I said, yeah, so I'm going to read that chidot. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you something that, okay, well, the reason I'm here tonight, I wasn't supposed to be here tonight. I was in Phoenix for two days. Yesterday and today I was supposed to be in Phoenix. Actually, Rabbi Ginsburg was supposed to come tonight, give tonight. But my cousin, one of my cousin, um, Miriam Rosenberg passed away yesterday. So I flew back last night to be here for Leviathan today. That's why I'm here tonight. I wasn't supposed to be here tonight. Mitchum, next week we'll be here. So, and you're all invited to come to the Or Yitzchak um, Shabbaton. So, many Levites, many times I've heard this said that the person suffered very much, and she did. She really, she had cancer for three years, and she suffered very much, and never complained. That she was a bound, she was a, she was a balamuna. She had a lot of amuna in Hashem, right? And therefore, even though she was so sick and she went, you know, and she was 54 years old, she died at 54 years old, very young. Um, she never complained, she never, she never complained to Hashem. That's a Balamuna. And we think that a Balamuna is a person that goes through hard times and says, you know what, Gamzul there's many different, there's, there's, there's many different levels of Amuna. Gamzul Latoiva, which is huge, right? No matter what happens to you, it's for the good, it's still not the highest level. The highest level is, it is good. It's not like, I missed the plane, but it's for the good, it's probably going to crash. You understand? It's, it's, the highest level is, it is good. It's not like something bad happened to me, but that bad is really good, right? It's not, no, nothing bad happened to me. That's the highest level. You understand what I'm saying? Nothing bad happened to me. It was bad, but it's, but it's for my good. You know what I'm saying? Like like getting a needle. It hurts, but it's for my good. Uh, the real tzaddik on the high level is not that it's bad and, it, and it's bad, but it's also for my good. It's not even bad. It's the highest level. You know, the, the story that I, that I said a few years ago to a kid who tells his friend that, um, that his father and him are... He comes to school every day and he says how, how close his father is to him, how close his father is to him, how close his father is to him. And this one kid finally gets jealous, right, because he doesn't have a good relationship with his father. He says, I don't believe you. What you do is talk about how your father, he's the buddy, he thinks he's I don't believe you. I think your father probably hates you. That's why you talk about it so much. He says, yeah, you want to see me? Come to my house, you'll see. So he says, okay, I'm coming to your house. So they go and they, they come to the house and they're playing ball, whatever it is, and they come inside. And the kid who says, talks about his father all the time, how close they were, he walks into the house, he's very thirsty, and on the, on the, on the, ta- on the kitchen table is a bottle of water, it looks like water, a bottle, uh, a cup like this of, of, of clear water. And um, he says to his friend, you want a drink? He goes, no, nah, I don't want. So he goes to take the drink, and he picks it up, he's about to drink it, and his father walks in. Right, the father that loves him so much, his father says, oh my God, no way, what? Slaps the glass, goes flying against the wall, smatters all over the place. The other kid says, I knew it. 
I know it's you. Your father abuses you, and that's why you always talk about how good he is. <coughs> you, he doesn't even let you have a drink of water. Oh my God! I thought my father was bad. Your father's really bad, and he runs out. And this kid, right? His father never did this to him. He's like a total shock. So he asked his father, "Dad, I don't stop. Why would you do that? Such an embarrassment in front of my friend." Why would you do that to me? My father said, I, I, you know, I'm really sorry, but, but um, the, the bleach that was underneath the sink was leaking. So your mother put the bleach into a glass, and just then you walked in. That's, that wasn't a glass of water, that was a glass of bleach, Clorox. You would have drank that, a drop, your lips would have been burnt, would have killed you. So I, I knew I didn't have a chance to start telling you bleach and talk to you. I had to knock out of your hands right away because it was ready by your mouth. So I had to smack it out of your hands. So that's Gamzula Taiba. Ah, you smacked my hand, but it was for my good. But the guy on the highest, on the highest level, the minute his father slapped his hand, he said, it's not water. Not that he has to ask his father, why'd you do that? He has such a good relationship with his father, the minute his father, his father would never slap my hand with water. Bleach. Ammonia. Alcohol, rubbing alcohol. Whatever that was, that wasn't water. That's the highest level of the water. It's not, oh my God, you know, why'd you do that? Why'd you do something bad to me? It must be for my good. It's like, it's like, it's not even, it's not even, not even bad, right? So, <coughs> so many people who have a Muna, so their Muna means that no matter how bad, no matter how bad my life is, I believe that Hashem knows what He's doing, right? The more, the more I know and the more I grow and the more I learn, the more I know I don't know. That's the truth. As you grow in Kedusha, you realize you know nothing. Whatever you think is nature, whatever you think is normal, you realize nothing is normal. So that you can move, that you can talk, that you can smell, all that stuff, you realize that's not normal. The more you grow, the more you get close to Hashem, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Try to follow what I'm saying. The more you know, the more you know you don't know. Right? You get onto a plane, you don't think about why it flies, it weighs, I don't know how many tons, right, of metal, right? You get on, you sit down, you say, yeah, it flies! The more you start to learn physics, and all the intricacies, and there's a million things going on, and the wing has to be turned a certain way, the more you realize, I'm mamish, don't know anything about the subject, I gotta learn so much. But if you don't learn about anything, if you don't even learn a little bit about something, you see, you see, you put on the seatbelt, have a good day. You start learning about aeronautics, you know, planes and aeronautics and all that stuff. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know so much. You have to study so much. I don't, I don't go to medical school, right? I don't study medical school, but when you start going to medical school, you got to write and read and learn and stay up all night. And that, why? Because the more you know, the more you realize there's so much more to the human body that, than, than you thought there was. When you start to open the human body and learn about it, you realize. So the more you know about something, the more you realize there's vast amounts that you don't know. If you don't know anything about it, so you don't know anything, right? So I want to say something, because I was sitting by Leviathan today, and I want, I want to say something. I think it's harder to realize when things are good that they come from Hashem. In other words, to say, and that's a very high level, to say that someone's going through pain and someone's going through hard times accepts it and realizes that everything comes from Hashem 
I think harder than that is when someone's not going through pain and that person accepts that it's all coming from Hashem when a person's doing well to realize that everything is coming from Hashem it's much harder it's much harder than when things are not when, when something hurts it's like okay it hurts it's coming from Hashem it's a punishment it's a tikkun it's a this it's a that but when things are good nobody think about that's coming from Hashem that I could walk that I could think that I could talk that I could smell it's nature that I'm making money it's I say why is there only one God in the world because nobody else wants to be God because what a lousy job it's the lousiest job in the world when something goes wrong everyone blames Hashem when something goes right they take credit for themselves you're making a lot of money oh, <laughs> I'm a good businessman <laughs> I did well on my test I'm very smart when things are wrong oh, Hashem why are you doing this to me why are you doing this to me nobody ever said Hashem why are you doing this to me that I'm making so much money why are you doing this to me why do I deserve it when they're losing money it's like what did I do wrong why are you doing this to me I get tzedakah nobody ever says and this is my point and it was, it was this, this brings it home nobody ever said I don't stand Hashem I just made so much money but I do so many errors. I don't stand how could that be nobody ever talks like that how can it be that I'm healthy I have children and I'm married and I'm making a panasa and I was such a balaver as a teenager how can it be no I was like it's the other way around I don't stand why everything's going wrong how could that be I'm such a good guy I get to doctor I go to Minion I learn how can it be because I'm having such a hard life but with someone, no one ever says how can it be that how can it be that I'm having such a good life I don't deserve it that's, that's, that's a different level of Amuna. So to sit at a Leviah when it's all over and listen to the, someone who went through a pain and accept it, it's very big. But you don't have to sit at a Leviah, just the opposite. When you stand from an Esther that you're living, how could that be? I did so many things, it says Kares, I did so many Averis that are five Kares and I'm still here. How could that be? Shibar Rachamim Hashem. Such a nifla. It's the other side of the coin. Nobody ever talks about that side of the coin. To focus on that, you don't have to wait till you die. People say, "How could that be?" Just tell it. When you're doing well, how could that be? How could it be that I'm doing well? I don't deserve to be doing well. How could that be? So it's a it's a very different look. All right. So let me read you the Chidah first of all from inside about Moshe Rabbeinu, because this is the week of the Marathon of Pale and Eretz Yisrael. Very busy in Hebron. Very busy. Okay. So I'll read it to you from inside. If you want to look it up, everyone who's watching, because you will, it's in the Tairas Chidah, Tairas Chidah, that's what the Sefer looks like. Tairas Chidah, Ois, Chavtalim. El Ma'aras Sada HaMachpelah. Okay? Kaza Rabbein Oliezer Megrimiza, Vitzib HaSead, Ma'aras Sada HaMachpelah, Ma'aras Sada, it says in the Tairas, he brought the Ma'aras Sada HaMachpelah, is the Rosh Hashanah, Ma'aras is a man, Sada is a shin, HaMachpelah. It should have said Ma'aras Sada Machpelah. It says Hamachpelah. So you have a Mem, a Shin, and a Hey. Rosh Tevis Moshe. Ramaskul Yavin. Whoever smart will understand. The Efshin Lirim by Mashihim will be Yalki Ruveini. Okay, if you want to look this up, the source of it is a Yalki Ruveini. Pashas B'Zayis Abracha Misham Sefer Tumuri. The Moshe Abenu Olav Hashalom B'Tipora Moshe Abenu and his wife Tipora Nigmaru are buried by Ma'aras Machpelah. Can you believe that? Moshe Benu and Torah buried Moshe Machpelah, which makes sense because 
The Gemara says that Tzchiyas HaMesim starts and I believe the first one is Moshe Rabbeinu. What's mashma that we all go to, to the Moshe Rabbeinu that somewhere in that Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, of course, he has a very big cash on this. He says, there's a time where you don't know where Moshe is buried. How can you tell me he's buried in Moshe Rabbeinu? We don't know where he's buried, right? So he says, "Well, pizza, I'll see shop here. It's very nice." So she takes Moshe and says, "Machbeil Moshe, Gam El Moshe, Shuhu Rashi takes Moaros and says, 'Machbeil Gematria Tziporah.' Moaros and says, 'Machbeil also Gematria Tziporah Machbeil with the word.' So it's one off. Well, Moshe, I'm with Kiyos Arba. So here's a question: It's called Kiyos Arba. Rashi says, 'Why is it called Kiyos Arba?' Because there were four zugos, four pairs." Adam Achavo, Abraham and Sarah, Yitzhak and Rivka, and Yaakov and Leah. So it's called, the whole town is called, right? Kirsama. But you're telling me there's a fifth. So it should have been called Kirs Kamisha. So he answers, ah, the answer is, Shemnigru Shabbi Hayinu Be'ezpiti Rasa. It's called Kirsama because those people were buried there when they died Abraham was taken straight there Sarah was taken straight there Yaakov was taken straight there he died they buried him there Oshabeinu first was buried in the mountain Tzipporah was buried somewhere else they were brought there he says Kiris Abba right he's saying Abba Zugas there are four peers that were buried after they died there but these two Oshabeinu and Tzipporah they, they, weren't, they weren't buried they, they didn't die there he says, we have a very big question from the Zoya. The Zoya says, the the cave would not accept another um, another person to be buried there. But it says on the bottom, there were five couples, according to you. Maybe afterwards, a long time later, he was brought to the Marasamachpela. So the Vufeshah Chidah, that Moshe Ben was, 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 was buried in Harnavah, but they moved, Hashem moved him into the Marasamachpela. It's very possible when you go to Marasamachpela that. Um, that Moshe Benu and Zipporah, what he's saying here, Moshe Benu and Zipporah were buried there. Okay. One last thing. One last thing. One last thing. Which I think is such a bomb. It's a bomb. He says like this. So we've talked about this many times. And it also answers the question on how could Sarah die by seeing the, seeing she was greater than Abraham Avinu. So she saw that the, the servant that the Tami Abraham Avinu did it, didn't bother him. And Sari Menel sword and, and she died. Pachan Shvatso. She says the following. So the Fidah says the following. The Fidah says that Abraham Avinu was a Gilgal of Adam 
and Sarimena was a Gilgal of Chava. And it says, the night that Avram and Sarah he Gilgal Adam and Chava, Avram and Sarah will Gilgal him of Adam and Chava. How do you know this? It says, but Thomas served Kiyas Avram this week's parasha. He Avram, Rosh Hashanah Chava benefesh Ruach Neshama. That Sarah was Chava in the Gilgal of her nefesh Ruach Neshama. Okay. The safe table is by Yahweh Abraham Lisfoid. Abraham came to um, eulogize. By Yahweh is an olive. Abraham is a man. This word is that. It's Adam. By Yahweh, the Gematria Chava. Adam came to say eulogy a Chava. Okay. Wow. Says here that there's a small. Um, we know it's by Yavah Avram whispered the Sarah, right? So the Chaf, the Chaf is a small Chaf. It always bothered me why it's a small Chaf because he cried very little, right? Which is not something the Torah should tell us. Imagine I told you that I went to a Leviah today, and they were married, and the guy got up to speak, and he didn't cry. That's not what happened. He cried, like I'm saying. Over here, the Torah is telling us the libchosa. There's a little teeny chaf, which means that he cried very little. That's that's not nice, right? So the Balaturim says, "Chaf Kitana." You ready? Listen to this Balaturim. Chaf Kitana. The chaf is small. Why? Shall I buck my animal? I only cried a little bit. It's very hard to understand. He didn't cry a lot because she was old. She lived a full life. I heard very different terms. Guys, listen to this terms. Why, 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 why would the Torah tell us that a husband got up? To eulogize his wife and he didn't cry. That it sounds like they didn't get along, they didn't have shalom bias. Something beautiful. The terrorist is like this. It was a verb. It wasn't a lack of feeling. In other words, he got up. It wasn't that he had a lack of feeling for Sarah, that he cried a little. The Libchesa specifically cried a little. In other words, he really wanted to cry a lot. The Libchesa is a verb. He cried a little. Not because, because of a lack of emotions. He made up his mind, I'm only going to cry a little. Why? He says, because the Satan, and we've spoken about this before, the Satan lost his fight. The Akedah was huge. The Akedah Yom Kippur, right? The Akedah Yom Kippur every year saves our lives. It says that the, the ashes of Yitzhak, there were no ashes, but the, the, of the animal, whenever Hashem is very angry, he wants to destroy Christ, the, the Malachim bring the ashes of the Akedah. Yitzhak and Hashem this was huge and the Satan lost he tried to stop and he did right so you'd think that once he lost he'd leave us alone but we dive in at night we say that Hashem should remove the Satan from in front of us and from behind us in front of me I understand he's in front of me he wants me to do bad things what do I care about when he's behind me I don't see him and the answer is it means before the deed 
remove him before the bad deed and remove him after the deed. What does that mean? Because if you do, let's say, he's like, um, don't get, don't, you don't have to go to shul today. You know, it's very cold, it's freezing, diving at home, you have an excuse, you don't feel so well, you have a nose, you have a post nasal drip, you know, whatever. And he's fighting you and he's fighting you and you're like, no! I'm going to shul. And you get up and you go to shul. You beat him. You think he'd leave you alone. No. Why? Because if he could get you to, to feel bad about the mitzvah, then you did tshuva on the mitzvah. Now, the way it works is, I remember giving this year a few years ago, the power, if the Rambam speaks about it, the power of tshuva means that what? That I did something bad. I feel bad about what I did. Right? So they go back and they erase what I did. And they turn it into a, a mitzvah if I did if I, if I did tshuva. But, but everything in the world that Hashem gives, He has to give both ways. So if you can do tshuva on a mitzvah, if you can do tshuva on a veira, you can also do tshuva on a mitzvah. So if you do a mitzvah and then you feel bad about it, it gets erased. So even after you did the mitzvah, you think you beat him, you didn't beat him. If he can get you to feel bad about the mitzvah that you did, you gave someone tzedakah, right? And then you go to a store and you're looking for that $20 bill and you're like, oh my gosh, I just gave it to somebody. I can't buy myself breakfast. I wish I wouldn't have given it to him. It's tshuva on a mitzvah. You didn't give it to him. You lose the mitzvah. You went to shul, you came outside, you have a ticket for your inspection is expired. You're like, oh, I can't believe it. You know, I never take my car out. I can't believe it. 35 bucks. I wish I wouldn't have gone to Davin today. You did Davin that day. You can do tshuva on a mitzvah. You can do tshuva on a mitzvah. I can't believe I helped this person. I can't, right? So, so, umachrenu means that even after you did the mitzvah, you didn't beat him. Because if he can get you to feel bad about the mitzvah, you'll lose the mitzvah. So what happened over here? Avraham Avinu goes and does the biggest mitzvah in the world. He actually is willing to sacrifice his only son. The whole world is schmoozing about it, right? But at the same time, his, at the same time that he did this mitzvah, his wife died. So he comes back and everyone's saying to him, Ah, Tadik Viralai, look what you did. You, you did the best, biggest thing I should have asked you for. How did he reward you? He killed your wife. So Avraham Avinu said, If I'm going to get up there now and do a eulogy and start crying, everyone's going to say, I have charata. That I feel bad that I did the mitzvah. No way. He specifically cried a little bit to show them. I don't have any regrets. Even though my wife died because of it, I don't have any regrets. So the Lubchaisa was a verb. In other words, he really wanted to cry a lot because he lost Sari and Menu. He said, I'm not going to cry. I'm just going to show you all. It doesn't bother me. I accept it. And that's why the chaf is small. And a person has to be very careful in life that, that you never regret your, you know, I gave all that money to the yeshiva and now I don't have money to go, you know, to go on vacation. Then, the, then all the money he gave to Yeshiva is out the door. You know, I helped this guy, I gave this guy a ride, but now I miss my this, I miss my that. If I feel bad about a mitzvah, a mitzvah gets erased. And that's why the little close is very small. But anyway, I try to go back to, uh, to, uh, what's it called? So, he says the following. When she gave birth to Yitzchak, right? Bolo, Neshama, Dinukfah. He got a female Neshama. That doesn't mean he was weird. It, the, a female neshama means nukva is a, a female neshama in Kabbalah is a, is a neshama of din. 
A female neshama is din, a male neshama is rachamim. Okay? So, when he was born, he was born with the neshama de nukva. Before the Akeda, Yitzchak and Sarah were one soul. When his neshama left him because he saw the knife coming down, she had to die also. At the same time he died, sort of, she died because they came from one Shayrish. Now, I'll just tell it to you outside. Right? Okay, so let me tell you what happened here. So what happened? So 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 the Nisham of Chava, which was in which was which was the Nisham of Chava, which was a female Nishama, which was in Yitzchak, at the same time was in part of it was in Sarimenu. Now, when, when he, when the Neshama left Yitzchak because of what happened, and where did it go? It went into the Ayol. Ayol Acha. Went into the Ayol. The Nishkat, and he shefted the Ayol. The Mela made Seshara. Sarah died. I see God came to Shemesh Kavim, right? Now, he knew this. He knew that when Yitzchak's Neshama left, that Sarah's Neshama left also. He knew she died. The word by Yavai is the Rosh Tevis of Benishmas Yitzchak Besach Ayol. Okay, so the point I want to make is 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 Rav says, and it's such an important point. So what happened over here? Let's just take a look at a, a, a moment here. Yitzchak had a female neshama. Okay, he was born with a neshama dinukfa. Now you can't have a child if the man has a neshama, a female neshama. And the woman has a female neshama, then you have two female neshamas, you can't have a child with two female or two male neshamas. You have to have a female and a male neshama, that's what makes a child. Okay? So, he was born with this female neshama. What happens? He gets on, Abraham Avinu puts him, and he, he shafted his, 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 um, food pipe. And then, and the malachim grabbed Yitzchak and took him to Shemayim. And brought him into Gan Eden. At the same moment that his neshama left him, it brings down that that neshama ended up in Rivka Imenu. Rivka Imenu got um, Sarah's and Yitzchak's uh, neshama when she was born. She was born, it says, when he was on the Akedah, that's when she was born. So, what really happened was like this, and this is so important. The Satan, for the Satan fools us all. The Satan came to Yitzchak and to Abraham Avinu said, listen, I know what you're going to do here. It doesn't make any sense. You have two, you have two prophets, two, two Nevi'as. The first Navi was Hashem came to you by the Brisbane of Sarim and he said what? He said that the Karl Zera from Yitzhak was going to come Christ from. Then you got a second uh, prophet uh, vision and in that vision he said kill Yitzhak. If you have two visions that contradict each other, right? One of them's wrong. Either children, either the nation's going to come or you kill them, one or the other. You can't have both. You go by the first. So he said to Abraham Avinu, you have two, you, you, you saw Hashem tell you that, that the Karlis, that, that Christ was going to come out of Yitzchak. Now you've got a thing to kill Yitzchak. You have to go by the first one. You, you, you have to let him live. You, you can't, you can't do the arcade. And he went to Yitzchak and he went to Yitzchak and he went to Abraham and he's tiny and he's tiny and he's tiny. It can't be that Hashem wants you to kill him. It doesn't make any sense. If you kill him, there's no more children. It can't be. 
So they were going back and forth, back and forth. Abraham Avinu said, I was very clear what I saw. That I was supposed to bring him up, right? Now, his whole taina was, the Sultan's taina was, that you can't, if you kill Yitzhak, you can't, Clyde rolls over. It was just the opposite of the truth. As long as Yitzhak didn't go to the Akeda, he had a female Neshama. No children could ever come out of Yitzhak. He was an Akara. So the only way that Klaisho could come out of Yitzhak is by having an Akeda where one of his pipes were cut, his Neshama had to leave, he got a male Neshama, and now he's able, now he was able to, to, to get married to Rifkin and to have children. It was the opposite the, the, the Sata knew the whole time that if I, if, if Avram Avinu doesn't take Yitzchak, right, then Yitzchak's gonna, never gonna have children. So he was telling them, if you're gonna take him, you're gonna kill him, <laughs> how are you gonna have children? When while the whole time was just the opposite. Without an Akedah, there were no children. The lesson over here is that to our eyes, the Akedah was the end of Avram Avinu's future. Hashem was telling Abraham Avinu to do something, to kill your child, you kill Yitzchak, we're done. Right? So in our eyes of looking at the story from outside, God was telling Abraham to destroy his one child that's going to bring him Yisrael. But really what God was saying is that if you don't take him to the Akedah, the only way that he's going to be able to have children is if he goes to the Akedah. But to our eyes it was just the opposite. You're killing your kids. It's it's all over. That's the lesson of the Akeda. When, when you hear this part of it about the neshama, the nukva, and the neshama, the zukha that he had, he, and you understand, and who got that neshama? Rivka got that neshama. Rivka was born that day, the day of the Akeda. So the the female neshama that he had ended up by Rivka, and then he got a new male neshama. That could only happen through the Akeda. So it looked to the to the human eye. Right, as, as a sacrifice, there was no sacrifice. It was just the opposite. It was the only way of bringing children through Yitzchak. And that's the lesson we have to walk out of, that what you see is not what you get. In fact, that's the title of my speech of the Shabbos. But what you see is not what you get. What you think you see, right, and, 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 and he's going to kill him, and he's going to kill him, is just the opposite. If he doesn't bring him to the Akeda, he has a female Neshama. He has a female Neshama, he'll never have children. He doesn't have children, there's no continuation. That's, that's, that's what we have to see from, from, from this whole story. And that, that Sari Menu didn't die, people think, and, and I, people teach it this way, and it's, I, I understand why that's what they're saying. It doesn't make sense. You, you're belittling her that, she, that, that Abraham is willing to kill his child for Hashem, but Sari Menu's not. So the Shidah's saying, no, it has nothing to do with that. She had the same Neshama. So the minute that the aisle was brought up as a carbon, her neshama was misakin, that's it. Chava's neshama was misakin, right? And her neshama was misakin. And therefore, she had to die. And that, it, it says that, if you look at the Pasuk, and that's how the Wadah does says it, here in Chayisar, it doesn't say that anyone told Ramavino that she died. That's the question that he's answering. If you look at Chayisar, it says, look at the Pasuk, she lived on the 37th year, she died in Kiyasava, by Yahweh Avraham, he came already to say a eulogy. How do you know she died? That's what the Chidah is answering. Does it? How do you know she died? He came to say a eulogy. Abraham Avinu, what do you mean you came here to say a eulogy? How did you know she died? And the answer is that the minute he did the Akedah, he knew that. Yet. The minute he brought the ayo, he knew that Sarah was gone. Because Sarah wanted to be in Ghanedin with 
with Yitzchak, and the only way to be Ganeda with Yitzchak was to be a soul. And therefore, he knew, so he already came to say eulogy. He knew, when he got off the mountain, he's like, she's not here anymore. And he specifically said a very small one to show that I don't have a I don't have any regrets. There's no tshuva on my mitzvah. And then he said to the Satan, so therefore, the mitzvah lasts. May we all be zaycha, You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.